Uh, it looks like PPI, wow, coming in significantly lower than expected here across the board. It was actually negative on a month-over-month -month basis. They were looking for a slight increase. It came in down 0.5. Now, uh, the jobless claims inched up a little bit, but uh, below uh, expectations by about 1,000. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the market digests this information. Let's bring in Dan Deming, the managing director of KKM Financial. He's got his eye on PPI, this number, which we're looking at here. Dan, a pretty pleasing number in terms of some of these inflation pressures, concerns that investors had headed into the week. This is really adding to, uh, again, that uh, optimism that we saw yesterday in reaction to the CPI, I would imagine. Yeah, sure is. The initial reaction is higher uh, here, Ben. And yeah, that negative uh, 0.5 headline print is uh, something I think the market is going to like very much. Uh, it looks like core came in at what 0.2, which is uh, two tenths below what the expectations were as well. So yeah, the trend now is, uh, uh, you know, it's somewhat in place uh, now that we're getting a, some at least some confirmation uh, today from PPI after the CPI print yesterday. Of being signs of a tipping point, and I guess that's all the market needed right now. And I think you and Michael pointed out correctly that to me it does feel like there are uh, people chasing this market now that um, you know I have been kind of waiting around, thinking that this is a bear trap, and who knows, it still might be. But I just you and I have been talking about the fundamentals and the technicals the last month, Ben, and how from a technical standpoint, I just felt like th this foundation was much more higher probability, I should say, of uh, success, you know, when you looked at how the higher highs and higher lows were developing. And so we continue to see that pattern uh, maintain. I had been talking quite a bit about the June highs and how we had been uh, reluctantly uh, holding below them, it seemed like. Sure. Uh, but we did break above them yesterday. So that is significant in itself. And in terms of some of those fundamentals and technicals, that we've been talking about, Dan. We've also been talking about jobless, right? And as I look at the numbers here, this is interesting because we had been talking about how the trend had been to the upside, right, on a weekly basis, yeah. but last week's got revised significantly lower. So now that I look at it, last week was actually a downtick. Uh, from the yeah, prior, I saw that as well. yeah, from 254, we thought it had upticked to 260, but there's the revision to 248,000. So right. last week was a downtick. Now a little bit below expectations here, 262, but basically the point being here, slightly rising, ever so slightly in terms of weekly jobless claims, but no runaway train here, nothing to get too concerned or ruffle too many feathers still. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it has been uh, pretty methodical in its mm -hmm. slightly uh, higher trajectory. It's not like there's any major outliers. Uh, and even at, at this 260 range, you know, from a historical standpoint, it's uh, certainly a, a range that the Fed, I think, is going to be comfortable with. Uh, and, yes, that's and the bigger it, question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, I, you know, it is, and what, what's really interesting now is the, just the way this is playing out on the yield curve. You know, we did see quite a shift yesterday uh, and, uh, and continues today where we're seeing that um, middle of the curve, the twos, the fives, the, the sevens, you know, really uh, getting bid up, seeing those yields come in. And, you know, the inversions are still firmly in place, but they're less inverted. And if you look at the financial sector yesterday and once again today, you know, if we see that continue to develop, you know, you're seeing the, uh, some of the financial stocks uh, benefiting from the, that shift in the trend and the idea that that's going to continue. So uh, the other interesting thing that Michael brought up and I thought was that I want to reiterate is the fact that, you know, now with that shift in the yield curve, you are seeing the probability of a 50 basis point hike instead of a 75 the next meeting pretty high. But they pushed it. They just basically have pushed it out now 
to uh, con continued uh, 50 basis point hikes uh, further out in the uh, the, the meetings uh, in duration. So it's just kind of moving it out further on the curve right now. But there's still, as the Fed has reiterated, I mean, they're still moving forward with uh, rate hikes. Dan, is that what you have your eye on right now in terms of getting yeah, it the deal? Okay, the curve and basically watching that as far as understanding whether or not the Fed's, uh, you know, putting their Fed on the foot on the brake pedal uh, too aggressively and slowing things down. And ultimately, we'll see that as a reflection of in the curve or if this number kind of is just a one and done sort of thing and all of a sudden inflation starts to creep back up because keep in mind, we'll get another look at inflation prior to uh, the Fed's next meeting in, in uh, September ultimately. But should we be directing our attention towards the curve for getting that feel? I think so, Ben, because and then, you know, instead of the, the, I guess what it indicates to me, I guess to you as an analogy, instead of them slamming the brakes on, it's, they're more just applying pressure now. Okay. At least that's what the market is anticipating. And maybe these numbers allow them to not necessarily take the brakes off, mm -hmm. but just slow the pressure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think that that's what the curve is telling us, you know, that, you know, with the repricing, with the back end of the curve actually, um, selling off yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, uh, after all said and done, the 20s and the 30s were uh, selling off. Those yields were higher by the end of the day. So that indicates that you're just seeing a repricing of uh, what the Fed might be doing moving forward, uh, that they're still going to continue to probably raise, but maybe not at the front end pace that had been developing here the last couple of meetings. And, you know, ultimately, I think that that's probably a good thing, all things considered, uh, that they, they feel that they can continue to kind of uh, normalize. Uh, and the market anticipates that. And yet it's not getting uh, knocked down at this point. It, you know, so but, you know, it's early in this stage in this cycle. And and there's a lot of variables still out there. But I mean, there's but if you look at just the general trends over the last six months, you know, where we really reached the bearish peak, I believe, at the end of June, you know, you're seeing quite a shift now. And then again, from a cyclical standpoint and a historical standpoint, as we move to the fourth quarter of a midterm election year, the markets generally uh, have uh, the ability to show some pretty positive uh, upside as well. Uh, we're looking at those trends here. We're looking at those June peaks as well. I've got the 30-year on the left, all the way through to the five-year on the right here, Dan, and we can see how we have settled into a bit of a range here as of recent with rates inching back up. I just want to point to the Treasury futures in terms of what we've seen here, and it kind of speaks to the uh, yield curve and what's been playing out here recently. We saw bonds coming off uh, back down to this 140, 141 handle off the 145, 146 area, but still holding up above those July lows. And I just want to point out as we look to the two-year, which was right to the July lows. So again, that kind of speaks to the uh, what we've seen here in terms of the shorter end versus that longer end. Um, Dan, what does all this mean for the U.S. dollar? Because it's been coming off upper <laughs> levels. You knew I was headed there, right? I, I mean, knew you were. Uh, but, exactly. But more so because now if we've got a situation where inflation here in the U.S. isn't as uh, runaway or as uh, you know big of a concern as we thought it was, but yet Europe is still dealing with the situation. I saw the German CPI numbers yesterday coming in. I think it was higher than expected as far as I remember. So they still have a, uh, you know, a big problem there maybe. And we yeah. haven't even entered into December when we were just talking earlier in the show about how without Russian oil, I mean, what does that mean for some of the energy prices? Right. There are very little relief in sight. Yeah, it does from an energy standpoint. They, they've certainly got some uh, difficult uh, path to uh, get, they have a difficult path to navigate right now. Uh, and what it means, Ben, you know, well, ultimately, I still think that even with some of the headwinds in Europe and what we're seeing in, from a global perspective, it does feel to me like, you know, the dollar is, uh, from a trend standpoint, it's
you know, it's breaking down. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that it went up to 104 half yesterday and what mm -hmm. we're at 104 eight today, uh, that's the low end of the range. And actually that's taking out the, the I mean, that's making new lows in uh, from the peak. So to me, it looks like there's a trend reversal there. And I think the dollar is reacting more so to some of the stability that we're seeing from not only the U.S. markets, but also from a global standpoint as well. Now, there's going to be some areas uh, that are going to counteract it to some degree, and the energy issue for Europe is going to be a headwind for the euro potentially. But you're still seeing the euro coming off the lows as well, you know, back to 103 now after going to parity. So. I think the general trends, Ben, if we continue to see the equity markets uh, find some continued upside and some uh, stability, uh, that the dollar is going to be uh, under pressure because I think that a lot of the last move here higher was a, a more of a safe haven type of mentality, more so than maybe some of the other dynamics within the market. You know, I keep checking in on the ES because this is an impressive chart here in terms of, and Dan, it sure is. Uh, here it is, the 4247. So this is just reaction to the number, as you can see. And, you know, we were looking at the dollar. We looked at the euro currencies. You, you brought those points to our attention. But I also want to just quickly check in. And again, here's the ES, everybody, the move up we're seeing. Uh, yesterday's big reaction to CPI, bid activity throughout the day session trade. Yesterday's dark shaded area, continuation in the overnight reflection of investors, just their vote of confidence here right now as those inflationary Pressures ease. But here's a currency we didn't really talk too much about, but Japanese yen also firming up here, Dan, as well. Um, you know, if I go from uh, the numbers to the market reaction to rates, oftentimes, yes, the dollar, and then you probably know where I'm headed. Lastly, I've got to get your thoughts on Bitcoin before sure. we let you go because it's my chart of the day today. So it's going to provide us a good segue ultimately. Um, lagging behind the broader market back to the June highs in terms of the ES 4200 we talked about that the strength we've seen there but when you look at Bitcoin I mean that's eight thousand dollars roughly above where we're trading right now so uh, the futures have recovered we're off the extreme lows we saw yeah, below 20,000 but still uh, not really uh, investors don't really want to put their confidence in some of those riskier assets it seems like uh, maybe earnings have helped the indices and stocks perform better yeah, I think that, yeah, maybe there's some competition for money flows there to some degree. And now that the equity markets look like possibly a better place to park uh, some exposure uh, and, you know, and we're seeing that also, I think, play out in other facets of uh, different asset classes. But um, overall, you know, I, I think that yeah, it looks like, what, 25,000 seems to be kind of the, uh, the, the, the area here that it keeps running into or 24,500, somewhere in that range. Uh, that it just can't seem to break. Uh, but overall, it does feel like, again, it, it, it does feel to me like it's basing to some degree, okay. you know? So, okay. uh, you know, I don't know, um, you know, from a relative strength standpoint, you know, I think Bitcoin is, it's hard to compare uh, to uh, some of the other markets, uh, yeah. you know, because- Apples and oranges. So exactly. So, but, you know, I think that if you're looking at it from a longer term perspective, that, you know, it does, uh, appeared to me to have found at least a temporary bottom. And, you know, if we continue to see some of these other trends develop, that I think ultimately it will help uh, support Bitcoin as, as uh, you know, and potentially see it break back above 25,000. So apples and oranges, but ultimately uh, both are still fruit, I guess one could argue. There you go. Perfect. Well said. Dan, appreciate you joining us here this Thursday morning and sharing part of I yours with that. us. Dan Deming from KKM Financial, helping us break down the numbers and market reaction to.